development only started in August of 2018. I built it myself in two months, and then we brought on our first employee, and then him and I rebuilt it again for our 1.0 launch. Adrian Toby is a young, energetic entrepreneur who builds a pretty cool WordPress plugin with Groundhog. On top of creating the plugin, we talk quite a bit about college and higher education. Uh, so we, we run the gamut. We cover a lot of stuff here from development to higher ed and learning and, and dropping out of school. Um, and I think it's a very interesting conversation in general. He talks fast and offers some great advice, so be sure to pay close attention or maybe slow this episode down a little bit so you can get all of it. We'll get into that in a minute, but first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Ahoy, the easiest way to increase customer engagement on your WordPress site. Install Ahoy, create a message box, configure where to display it, and start seeing conversions come in. You can create messages for cart abandonment, upsells and cross-sells, custom support, and so much more. Ahoy's flexible conditions let you choose exactly where and when you want your message to be displayed. I've recently installed it on my own WooCommerce site, and I've already seen increased engagement. And I know this because of Ahoy's powerful analytics and reporting. You will see ROI within days of installing Ahoy, if not sooner. And that's even more true for listeners of How I Built It you can get an exclusive 20% discount on any plan. Visit useahoy.com slash howibuiltit and use the code howibuiltit at checkout. That's useahoy.com, U-S-E-A-H-O-Y, useahoy.com slash howibuiltit and the discount code howibuiltit. Use those today. Increase your engagement and sales on your WordPress site. Thanks to Ahoy for their support of this show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Adrian Toby, the CEO of Groundhog Inc. Adrian, how are you today? I'm doing great, Joe. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, I've listened to your show before. It's great to be on. And I'm, I, you know, it's great what you do sharing, uh, sharing you know, the world with how we built it. So I'm so excited. And, uh, and uh, why don't you lead the way? Awesome. Thank you so much for those kind words. I really appreciate that. It's, uh, it's sometimes I feel like I'm yelling into the void uh, on the podcast, but hearing, you know, I get a lot of feedback when I go to word camps and stuff like that. And uh, so it's always nice to hear that people do listen and appreciate. Um, cool. So let's talk about um, your product, Groundhog, uh, and let's get into who you are and, uh, and what you do first. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, I didn't ask this in the pre-show, and, and you don't have to answer it because you know <laughs> some people might think it's rude, but you look pretty young. Are you are you like a young guy, or do you just take care of yourself? I'm 22. Okay, so yeah, you're you're a young guy, CEO of a company, and it looks like it's doing you know pretty well. You have a really cool uh, product, as we'll learn. So I just wanted to get that out there. Like I, I, I'm really bad at telling age, uh, but I maybe in my infinite wisdom in my 34th year, I can I can tell now. Um, so <laughs> awesome. Let's start off with uh, who you are and what you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Adrian. I've been in the digital marketing and email marketing industry for quite some time. I may only be 22, but I've been in for about seven years. Uh, I went to university here in Toronto, the University of Toronto for computer science for about three years until I dropped out (laughs) to focus my efforts uh, in the WordPress community. So I used to be a certified partner uh, for a company called Infusionsoft. If you're not familiar with Infusionsoft, they have many similar competitors out there that you've likely heard of. MailChimp, GetResponse, HubSpot, um, ActiveCampaign, for example. All, all of those are of the same vein. They all do marketing automation as a service. Uh, and I was a certified partner in that community for about five years. And in that time, I built uh, several WordPress plugins catering to people who used those tools to integrate those tools with WordPress a little bit easier. Uh, until finally, uh, I took all of that knowledge that I had learned being in that industry and building WordPress plugins to build a WordPress competitor for those that people would be able to just install on their website. And I think that's a little what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Yeah. So, so already, uh, there are a lot of, um, really interesting things you just mentioned there. Uh, first of all, uh, first of all, um, so you have been doing digital marketing and email for about seven years. If I do my math right, we probably got started in our professions at the same time, right? When I was 22, I was like, I've been doing this for almost a decade. And people were like, that's insane. Uh, And I'm like, well, it's true. Um, And uh, you also did computer science at the University of Toronto for three years before dropping out. What led you, like what, so, I mean, you said you wanted to focus your efforts in the WordPress space and, and on development and things like that, but what was like the ultimate decision? Because when I went to college, like I, I, I did my master's program too. So like I've got like double the amount of years of college. Um, and, and I think at, at no point in that journey, I would have been like, I got to drop out of college. So what, what was the thing that led you to do that? Well, so uh, as I was going to university, I was also working part-time in a digital marketing agency, which is, as I was saying, I have that seven years experience in the, in the, in the industry, but I was doubling up that time at the same time doing, going through university. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that full-time and then doing school at, in the nights part-time. Uh, and I just found that as I was going through it, I wasn't getting the amount of value that I wanted for my dollars spent yeah. <laughs> from from university that I was getting kind of just like learning as I go through the through the agency, through the industry and going to conferences and all of that super cool stuff. So at, at one point in the, my last years of university, I started to develop my first WordPress plugin, which is called Formlift. Uh, Formlift currently has about thousand users and makes modest passive revenue mm-hmm. uh, for my current company. And uh, it is a form builder specifically for the CRM and marketing automation tool in FusionSoft. So what people can do is they can essentially install this plugin on their site uh, and they can import their forms directly from their CRM after going through the, the authentication process. They can import it directly, then use a short code to paste it on their website. Otherwise, without Formlift, you'd have to do like the send this code to your developer so they mm-hmm. can install it on your website type deal, right? Yeah. Which is not the best user experience. But that's what I built. And I was really, really focused on, on making that the best that it could be in my last year in my third year of university, so much so that I kind of neglected some of my university responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I was looking at, I was kind of looking at, wow, you know, the, the user count is at 100, it's at 200, it's at 300, you know, this could actually like really be something maybe, and that would be super cool. And I was all excited about it. Uh, and it was just, a, you know, uh, studying for my uh, 
301 class exam was just so much less sexy yeah, yeah. Than, than, than bumping up the user counts. So at, at the end of the third year, it was the first time I'd ever failed a course ever. I failed uh, 263, which is uh, one of the, which is the class where you learn a lot about optimization and runtime and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. And I failed that course. It's the first course I've ever failed in my entire life. And that was basically, at that point, I'm like, well, you know, obviously if I failed a course, you know, I'm not really in it. And I'm spending all of this money. Tuition at U of T is not inexpensive. So I'm like, well, you know what? I, I've learned a whole lot from this whole WordPress plugin adventure and the digital marketing. And I, I can honestly, if I put the same amount of effort into something that's kind of like its own business and doesn't rely on any others, then maybe I could actually grow uh, something relatively quickly uh, that would help a significant amount of people rather than just spending all that time and energy sitting in a classroom somewhere at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. That makes perfect sense, right? I think the the divergence in our journeys was that um, I was self-employed through college and I went to, I got my master's in part because it would it would help me stay in school while also building the business before I went into the quote unquote real world. Um, and so I was teaching, I got, a, I got an, an assistantship for the master, so it didn't cost me any money. Um, so I was getting a free education, building my business and getting paid, which was really nice. Um, I do have one, nice. one question about the education, like the higher education system in Canada though. It, it sounds like it is very similar to the United States. It's like, a, there's go, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only difference is that you call everything college, mm. uh, and we 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 have a, a very like distinct line in between college and what we call university. College is very much focused towards um, uh, the actual practicality of the workspace, uh, trades, mm-hmm. journalism, uh, event management. It's it's very focused on the practicality aspect of it, while our university system is very, very, very focused on the academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so almost zero practical application whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. Um, unless you do like the, the university programs that offer co-ops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as while you're in the classroom, it's extremely focused on the academia portion. So that's what I would classify the distinction. And if I were to do it again, I'd probably just go to college because I'm much more of a practical person myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are lots of people out in the world way smarter than I am that go to university, but... <laughs> yeah, that, so, so yeah, I think uh, they're probably, uh, you know, in the more nuanced description here in the United States is like, is a trade school sounds like college, right? So you go to a trade school to learn a specific craft. Unfortunately, trade schools are still associated with like manual labor um, or like like out in the field. Like you... Uh, I don't feel like there's widespread popularity for trade schools for programming, for example. Um, And then with uh, college, this is my perception and I think it's a pretty good one. Um, A college is, is a fairly focused um, university we'll say. So it, it focuses on, you know, there's like a college of business. There's a college of sciences uh, and a bunch of those colleges tend to make up a university. So at the University of Scranton, you could go to the College of Arts and Sciences within the University of Scranton. Uh, you can go to the uh, the KSOM. Uh, it's the Kenya School of Management, which is the business college within the University of Scranton. Um, yeah, we have that yeah. too, in a sense. In university, we're broken up into colleges, although that distinction isn't as uh, as clear. There's there's nine colleges, but used, but they're really more just for 
boarding mm-hmm. than than they are for the actual academia portion. Gotcha. But that system also exists here, but it's not as fine-tuned as it sounds like it is in the United States. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to Pantheon.io today again to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. And then as far as like the financials go, um, you, you mentioned that like you weren't getting the value versus dollar spent. Is college or is, is university uh, extremely expensive there in, in Canada as well? Um, yeah, it's not, it's not cheap. Right. <laughs> uh, international tuition is, is ridiculous. Um, for, fortunately, I'm not an international yeah. student, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's not, it's not inexpensive, even if like you're going part-time. Um, but yeah, that was my university experience and, um, it was fun. It, I would do it again. I was in a fraternity. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, after that, you know, it was just, I, I wasn't getting like, I, I, as I had mentioned, it was really focused on the academia, but I was really focused on the, on the practical applications of it. Because at that time, you know, a lot of the people or the, a lot of my peers, you know, they were focused on, uh, you know, these small projects while right. I was out building people like tools that people were actually using now. And that felt so much better to me than, than spending the time and fine tuning, you know, N squared runtime right. to to get two yeah, A yeah, or right. What's the big O time or whatever? Right, like big O or big. Uh, what's the other one? Big N. I yeah, don't know. yeah. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I just have to. You know, the only the, the the I think the biggest thing I got from my university education is that don't put four each loops inside each other. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you're gonna crash servers that way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't do that. Good, so good, perfect. We 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 learned we learned something. Yeah. So I after that I focused on Formlift for a couple years, and I built it to a thousand users that it's at now. Mm-hmm. A modest revenue, and it powers you know a thousand Infusionsoft run businesses. Uh, and then after that, uh, the the growth kind of stagnated because the, you can only have a certain percentage of the customers that. Uh, Infusionsoft has essentially, or that you know, if you if you build a product that is based off of another product, the only the, the the maximum amount of customers that you can have is the maximum amount of customers that they have. Yeah. yeah. So I started to think about ideas uh, that I would allow me to grow beyond because thirty thousand customers is not enough, and not all of those customers use WordPress, and not all of those customers you know need your form solution. They already have other solutions, but they have developers, right? So there's only there's the, it gets broken down. So we needed a product that would be 
available to more people. That would be a lot more accessible. Infusionsoft is the most accessible platform on the planet. Mm-hmm. It does cost you know monthly fees, and those monthly fees aren't accessible to a, a wide range of people around the world. It's not translated into every single language. It's not all of those things. So I started thinking, well, what if you know we we focused our efforts uh, and time into a solution that was kind of like Infusionsoft, HubSpot, Get Response, Active Campaign, but built it into WordPress, which over 75 million businesses around the world use, can be translated in every language, is the most accessible CMS on the planet, and is free. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there for a minute because I do I do want to get into this. We're getting into the research portion of the show. Um, I do want to put a bow on our previous conversation though, because I I, I wanted to that line of questioning with with college and university uh, was to point out something I think that's really important, especially in in let's see the the year 2019 um, is that you don't necessarily need a formal education to be successful, as we will see. So uh, as we're moving into now, you building Groundhog, right? Um, you at uh, you had three years of college under your or university under your belt. But you also were a certified, you mentioned, uh, I, I don't think I wrote this down right, but you're a certified. In- Infusionsoft certified partner. Okay. Was, right, formerly. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you, you had the formal background in working with Infusionsoft. Um, so, yes. Uh, so now, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I just wanted to put a bow on that topic. And as, no as we're building up, um, you saw that there was a need for something that was Different, perhaps better than Infusionsoft, right? I, I would say different. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't get me wrong, Infusionsoft is a great tool, and all of their competitors are great tools. Like they all do amazing work, and you know they help businesses grow and they fulfill their mandate in a lot of ways. Uh, the only thing is that it's just that a lot of them just weren't accessible enough for your average small business because the the reality of the situation is is if you're a small mom and pop shop, you are both the CMO, the CTO, the CEO, as well as the sole employee of your business. You're responsible for sales, marketing, fulfillment, and all of that good stuff. And if you are that person, then you do not necessarily have the time that it takes or the financial resources that it takes to go out, spend a bunch of money on a bunch of different tools, connect them all together, integrate it with your WordPress website, learn how to use all of those tools, uh, and just take the time that it needs that you to, to learn them and then implement them and then act on them. You, as if you, if you were in that position, you simply just do not have that amount of time or that amount of financial resources. In, in lots of cases, and especially if you're in another country where your primary currency is not the U.S. dollar, and uh, your primary language isn't English, and all of those things, then again, that, that whole process just gets even more cumbersome in order to, again, buy all of the tools, implement them, learn them, uh, and then connect them to your WordPress website. So, that's why we chose... WordPress as our method of distribution for our product. One of the biggest questions that I get is, you know, you obviously know how to build a tool like this. Why didn't you just build it as a software as a service? Because you could charge monthly and you could make more money and, you know, you would control all the data and all of these things. And it's like, yes, while that's true, but that wouldn't make it different than any of the competitors that currently exist. What makes it different, not necessarily better, but different is that it is so much more accessible for a much wider uh, for the much wider community that's out there, because it's can be it's open source. First of all, we take great pride in the fact that anybody can contribute. Uh, it's translatable. Our it, it is a freemium plugin, by the way. So our base product, which we give 
a ridiculous amount of value away with is absolutely free in the WordPress repository and all and you know that those are the things that that make it what it is and that allows businesses who are in that position that they can't spend the time to learn they can't spend the resources and all of that then they can use a tool that just installs into the WordPress website that looks like WordPress feels like WordPress acts like WordPress and that decreases the learning curve, decreases the cost, and all of that good stuff. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, so this, so you actively made the decision to put it on top of WordPress to differentiate it from Infusionsoft. It sounds like you had a, you have a good idea of the competition in the space. You, I, I yes. like to do ask what kind of research you did, but you were in that space. You saw the differences. The main one I think is is really good because Infusionsoft costs what ninety nine dollars a month or something like that. Uh, at a minimum, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, $99 a month is a lot of cake for a small business, right? Uh, it's the same reason that I don't use Basecamp, right? Because uh, that's about the same price. Excellent tool, not m- a lot more than what I need, a lot more than what I'm willing to spend on a, pro- on a product. It's, like it's a question of how much value are you able to extract from it for what you're paying, right? Yeah. At $99 a month, uh, until you can actually get any sort of system set up and, and, and working for you or essentially just making your monthly donations yeah, exactly. uh, if, if, per month. If Infusionsoft is making me $200 a month, then Infusionsoft is, is or $300 a month, you know, then it's, then I'm starting to see the value in Infusionsoft. Um, but your product is free to start. Um, so let's walk through, uh, I mean, you know, I'll link to uh, the website in the show notes and everything like that. It's groundhog with two gs.io. Um, so you can just look at the feature set there. I want to talk about um, the title question, which is how did you build this? You actively made the decision to make a WordPress plugin. You had experience making WordPress plugins. Um, but making something like this uh, performant, efficient, working within the WordPress ecosystem seems like it could be a little challenging. So I'd love to talk to you about that specifically. Absolutely. Uh I would like to start off by saying that this entire project would not be possible if PHP didn't get it to 7.0. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So um, uh, there is a lot of back-end stuff going on here. It is, we, we keep it as lightweight as possible. Um, and a lot of, what, a lot of it is... Uh, so if you're familiar with the WooCommerce subscriptions plugin, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, then what, what, what they do is they have this backend event queue manager type deal. And they have a cron job that runs every minute to check if there's anything going on that needs to happen. And if there's something that needs to happen, then it executes it at that time. We run a very similar system. So all of the automation and all of the emails and all that stuff that needs to happen gets added to a queue. Uh, and we have a cron job that you can choose what time you want to run it off. If you want to run it off the regular WB cron or you want to use it a cron, uh, an actual cron job, you can choose. Uh, and we basically just collect anything that needs to happen, and we essentially just iterate over whatever needs to happen and send it out. That process can be pretty heavy on PHP 5.6. Thankfully, technology has gotten to a point where... that whole process is in, in terms of time and, and computing power has been essentially cut down by a third. So it makes it possible in, in a lot of cases. 
And then beyond that, I just borrowed a lot of the UI and the experience that I had from building my previous plugins. I learned that custom post types in this instance was not the way to go. <laughs> All right. So, so our our the the one of the neat things about Groundhog is that the database is completely separate separated from anything uh, that's in the WordPress default. So a lot of our queries and a lot of stuff is a lot faster than other plugins because we don't use because uh, you don't have to search through the massive uh, the massive posts mm-hmm. um, post yeah. database. So all of our stuff is completely separated. Uh, so if you wanted to you know migrate your Groundhog installation completely from one website to another website, completely separated. Uh, if you wanted to delete Groundhog for whatever reason and you say I never want to see this thing again, then you would be able to do that uh, because it just wipes all the databases and those are gone. So, uh, and so it, I'm going to stop you right there um, because this is very interesting to me. Um, did you try it with custom post types first? No, we did okay. not. I, ju- I skipped that process entirely. Formlift uses custom post types and that's why I decided to go a different route. I see. So you had the experience yeah. to know like uh, I'm, a, I'm tied a little bit too much to the posts and post options table. Yeah, it's essentially. So um, I figured out how to integrate with the... Uh, the um, I build my own like metadata DBs and mm. all of that stuff, uh, so it works really, really, really well. And that that allows a, a ton more flexibility for for Groundhog to essentially uh, grow without being hindered by performance and and stuff like that. We have a lot of add-ons as well that again install their own databases, mm-hmm. just so scaling doesn't become a problem. Because you know when that post types table gets really big, then you start to experience that 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 performance hindrance, and we didn't want to deal with that. You know, if you have like twenty thousand contacts, and you know those twenty thousand contacts are in your post type table, that's problematic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially you know if you're running this in conjunction with an online store, an online store yeah. like with WooCommerce, um, you know you can really blow out a database quickly. So you keep saying uh, databases um, because I am uh, I want to understand the technical details uh, as best as possible. Uh, do you mean tables within the the WordPress database or a completely separate database with the same user? No, it's tables within the WordPress okay, database. Okay, cool. So, yeah. um, but it's your own table set, your own prefixes, stuff like that. Correct. Um, cool, 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 cool. I I figured that, um, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't misunderstanding you. Um, cool. So you so in not using custom post types, uh, you it looks like you have a, a pretty good tabs interface. How much uh, of of the word? How much WordPress core code? are you tapping into? Obviously, you're generating the admin screens and things like that, but uh, do you have like your own whole set of classes that you're using to generate certain functions and stuff like that? We try to use as much core functionality as humanly possible. Again, one of the big uh, big things for us was that it looks like WordPress feels like WordPress and acts like WordPress in order to cut down on the learning curve as much as possible. Uh, if you go to the email screen, you're going to expect to see a list table of all of the emails that you've written, right? Mm-hmm. No fancy stuff, right? It's just, it looks, you know, if you go to your post screen, you want to see all your posts. You go to your emails, you're going to want to see all of your emails. So it acts in very much the same way. Uh, there are, however, a ton of custom classes and stuff that we've built in order to make uh, building out extensions as easy as possible. So another another huge thing for us is we are a freemium plugin. We offer uh, extensions and add-ons as our revenue generator. 
And we want to be able to build those as quickly and fastly and easily as possible. So there's like uh, all of the databases are extendable and all of the admin pages are extendable and all of that stuff is extendable. And uh, it was super important for us to, for other developers as well, who want to create their own additions to Groundhog. Uh, that is where we want to end up. We want to have a, a, um, a community similar to that of Easy Digital Downloads or mm -hmm. WooCommerce or Gravity Forbes with all these third-party developers also building their own solutions. Uh, we want that. So we've made a ton of extendable classes and stuff so that people would be able to create those things and then add them to their own store. They can sell them on our store or anything of that nature. Um, that being said, we use as much core code as like, we possibly can. Uh, but there's, of course, things in WordPress that... Uh, is limited in, and we, we've built classes and functions around that. Uh, one of the big things that we've done is, is uh, I built, or we've built, Groundhogs twice already. Uh, so from the ground up, and I, we actually, we, development only started in August of 2018. Okay. Okay. Uh, I built it myself in two months, and then we brought on our first employee, and then him and I uh, rebuilt it again. Uh, for our 1.0 launch, because it wasn't the the, fir the first one wasn't object oriented at all. It was all functional, mm -hmm. uh, and that was a haphazard mess. So uh, it worked, though. Yeah, it sure. did work. You got your you got your MVP <laughs> out the door, right? We and got that's our MVP thing. out yeah. exactly. It did work, uh, and then we rebuilt it object oriented for our 1.0 release, which was kind of like our first the first time we ever made any money. Nice. And following that, uh, it, it work, that, that one also works really well. And that one is currently the one that's available in the repository. Okay. But for our, for our, our 2.0 launch, uh, we've gone... Uh, but that was kind of like old world. So all of the classes are like prefixed and you have your giant includes file yeah. and a bunch of like admin checks and all of that good stuff to kind of like uh, load it in as efficiently as possible, but still not as efficiently possible as it could be. Our, our 2.0 version, um, I, I, I checked out how Elementor goes about their, um, their inclusion of files and their, their structure and how, how they do it. I also checked out some of the newer versions of uh, some of the fancier plugins that are out there, and they're all using autoloaders and namespacing, all that stuff. So our 2.0 version is going to fall in line with kind of the, the, the new way of developing WordPress plugins, which is autoloading, namespacing, uh, and all of kind of like the syntactical sugar that comes around with uh, our 7.1, 7.2, 7.3 PHP versions, uh, and a lot of the the later WordPress core that's now available, Gutenberg blocks and mm -hmm. and React and all that yeah. good stuff. So that's our 2.0 version. That's almost done. It should be released in about Q3. Okay, which will be uh, really nice, and will come with a lot of those. Uh, extendable classes that I was talking about earlier to allow developers to really create the tools that they really need. This episode is brought to you by Cloudways. Are you facing performance and security issues or launching your ambitious project with WordPress? Look no further. Cloudways has got you covered. Their managed WordPress hosting is the best choice for websites looking for ultimate speed, advanced security, and 24-7 expert support. Now, a lot of hosts promise a lot of things, but they have a whole bunch of features to choose from, including cloud providers like DigitalOcean, Amazon Web Services, and Google Cloud. And you can quickly and easily get up and running with your WordPress website without the need to be a system admin. You get a CDN, scalability, staging, and backups out of the box. 
I recently set up a WordPress website on AWS with Cloudways, and it was by far the easiest experience I have ever had with AWS. Cloudways works as an extended team for individuals and businesses, handles all of the server management, and lets you focus on building amazing websites for your ever-growing business. If you like what you've heard, start with a three-day free trial of Cloudways now. And don't forget to use the promo code HIBI20 for a free $20 hosting credit. Head over to howibuilt.it slash cloudways today. Do you find um, keeping up with uh, the ever-changing landscape of development is hard? Like, I mean, um, uh, not uh, again, not to like draw attention to our age difference, but... Um, when I was 22, I, I was fairly into like whatever the latest new shiny was, but even then I was very like, I don't know the way I'm doing it works now. And now as at 33 years old, um, I'm like, do I really need to learn react? Like, is that going to help me in my day-to-day life? So, um, but you mentioned that this is iterated pretty quickly and you've adopted um, I think that the main difference is you're not adopting the new shiny, you're adopting the best practices. So do you, do you find it, it's hard to keep up with that? Uh, it, it's certainly difficult because what happened was uh, in, for our original, so our 1.0 build, which was our first foray into proper object orientation, uh, so prefixing class names and having a super huge includes file, which is the way uh, that easy digital downloads did it. So yeah. uh, I never, I don't have original ideas. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I just adopt the best practices that I see other people doing, and I'm like, if that works for them, that'll work for me. Uh, and then I do it that way, and I and I and I modify it to what my ever my own needs. So my first, what I did first was I checked out uh, the current version available for easy digital downloads without looking at what they were actually building. So I built it with the way they built it, but not the way that they're about to release their new version. But mm-hmm. I, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they did all like the prefixing, the, the huge includes file, and our original actual like plugin instantiation file is also uh, built very similarly. I copied a lot of their, um, uh, or modified a lot of their database files, uh, which are way different now than they were originally. But to begin with, they were pretty similar. And um, going through that process, I'm like, wow, this is this is looking good. This is looking good. And then Elementor kind of came on the scene uh, for me. I, it was on the scene before I started, but I didn't really know about it. And then I started using it. I'm like, wow, this is like super efficient, super fast. You know, how do, how do they do that? And I started checking, you know, their back end out. I'm like, whoa, this is like so much cleaner. There's a whole ton less code. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can find files so much easier. You know, the if we built it this way, I, I believe that developers, and that's who we want to attract, would find it way easier to work with our tool. So I made the decision at that point. It's like, all right, th- th- I found this as a developer to be so much easier than the way that we're currently doing it. So what we're going we're gonna to spend the time and the due diligence that needs to happen in order to be able to convert our code base to this. Problem is, we have 25 add-ons that also need to be converted. Right, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, there's there's not a whole lot uh, of of extensions in the wild at the moment, so developers don't need to be angry at me. And hopefully that this will this will be one of the the last kind of reiterations that takes place. Yeah. It's a big one. Yep. 
uh, and hopefully we're able to kind of stick with this for a good long while. Um, but we, we ourselves need to go back and, and rewrite essentially 25 uh, extensions, some of which are, are fairly uh, fairly heavy mm-hmm. in terms of the amount of code that they contain. We, we built a calendar extension, so a booking calendar, something like you use Calendly, wow, for example. If yeah. you didn't want to use Calendly, uh, then we would offer an add-on for that. And uh, we built it, and it is, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty monstrous in the back end. Uh, but it needs to be converted now, and that's currently what Drumit over there is doing. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but uh, you, you make a good point here, right? Um, you're, you've iterated over these things quickly, but now you're finding what you believe is the best architecture to take you through to help other developers, right? Because that's a great point. Like, you could have held off, and then maybe you could have blown up and gotten really popular, and then 100 developers created extensions. And then uh, you would have um, 100 or probably 90 developers being really mad at you that you're changing the architecture to make your product better because it makes more work for them. But um, so I, yeah, we don't we we don't we're, we're doing that now so yeah. we can avoid it later. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So um, as we move into the tail end of this episode, uh, we we talked a lot about. Um, I mean, you you covered the whole gamut uh, pretty much that I like to cover, which is. Um, your your pricing structure, the art, the architecture behind it a little bit, um, and and what you're working on. But what are your plans for the future of Groundhog as far as features go? You're working on this big architectural uh, redesign. Um, you have the all of the core features are free. So like if people want just like a a simple um, like a sales pipeline or marketing automation tool. For WordPress, they can go and download it. I'm probably going to download it like shortly after this interview um, because I'm looking for a good tool. And then the add-ons are are where you make your money. But what are your what are your plans for the future as far as features go? So one thing that we're working on right now is a partner certification program. There's no necessarily no code involved in that. Uh, but one of the things that we want to do is build a community around this product, like. WooCommerce has done, Gravity Forms has done. We really want a community to surround this uh, because when there's a community around it, it can only make the product better and it can only benefit more people. So what we're working on right now is a partner certification program. So if you want to implement Groundhog for other businesses or you just want to learn uh, how it works or you just want to get some really, really good tidbits of information, uh, then someone would be able to sign up for that. And it was a t- it's a 10-part course of which 30% is now recorded and is currently being edited. Go through that. You get your badge and your certificate, and you can essentially go to your clients if you're a freelancer or go to a business and say, hey, listen, I know I have my certification. Would you like me to help you implement this tool? And, uh, and you can make residual money that way. Uh, one of the other things that we're working on is our open marketplace. So we currently sell all of our add-ons our marketplace, but we don't only want to sell our add-ons. We want to sell everybody's uh, add-ons as well as our funnel templates. One of the big things that was super important for us was templatization and importing and exporting, which was one of the biggest drawbacks that I found of any software as a service tool was that sharing was complicated and difficult and costly. So one of the things that you can do is you can, when, if you build a pipeline or a funnel or an email in Groundhog, you can just export that to a JSON file and bring it to whatever other WordPress website that you want and install it there. And you can also sell those on our store and then you can make money that way. Um, and we'll just, we'll just write you a check essentially for anything that you sell and send it to you uh, or PayPal or I guess however you want to get paid, but <laughs> Kicking it old probably school. PayPal. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, um, hey, and, you avoid fees uh, with a check, right? <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, and do that way. So again, it it all comes back to building that community. the The tool is great. The software, the the code base is getting there. Um, the the add ons are are being uh, all that. But right now, we're really focused on building community, building community, building community. Because if there's a community surrounding it, uh, then the only people that can benefit from that is the community. Man, I that's really that's really fantastic. And I think that it's true that we've seen. Uh, products grow because of their community. I mean, Elementor is s- several years younger than Beaver Builder, for example, but it's grown a lot faster than Beaver Builder, I think in part because of the community and the audience that they've been able to appeal to. So I think that's a really good point. Um, so we're going to wrap up here with my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Uh Yes, I do. And I actually teach this or I, I actually just stuck this into one of my videos for the, the, the partner certification program. Uh, the, the biggest thing that holds people back with our product or any product for that matter uh, is the inability to launch. Uh, usually this stems from it's not ready, it's not good enough, it's not perfect. What if people fall through the cracks? I haven't thought of anything. And, and all of those kind of those, those doubts or self-doubts stem from, um, from fear. But, but here's the deal and, and kind of the hard truth with that is that you'll never know unless you show it to somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we, when, we, when we had our minimum viable product of Groundhog, I knew that it would have to be redone eventually. But I needed to get it out there because I needed the feedback from people to let us know what we could improve on, uh, the feature set that needed to be, uh, that needed to be added. The, uh, I needed to hear from developers. Here are some different ways of approaching you know, object orientation or functionality or anything. And that goes for the emails that I write and the funnels that I build as well. As you will never know uh, or you will never as a person be able to think of anything that could possibly go wrong or everything that could possibly go wrong when you launch something. The only way to find out is to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then get that feedback, get those responses, get you know the angry customer that want to chew your ear off uh, and get the happy customers that are super glad that you did what you did. Uh, it's super hard to please everybody, but at least you'll know uh, how you'll be able to optimize it after you've shown it to the world. So if you are sitting on a product or a service or a funnel or a campaign right now and you're, uh, and you're trying to think of all of the ways that anything could possibly go wrong and fix it before you launch, stop what you're doing right now and just go launch it anyway because I promise you that if there are holes to fix, they will become apparent and you'll be able to do that as you go. But you will never know until you do that. And you might be surprised. Maybe it's like, accepted really, really well. And there's nothing that you need to hold. And then you could have saved yourself a whole lot of time. That's great. I love that a lot. Um, And it goes back to what we talked about before, launching the minimum viable product and getting it out there in people's hands. So um, Adrian, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? So if you want to find me, uh, you can get uh, you can reach out to us at Groundhog WP on both Facebook and Twitter. Keep in mind that Groundhog is spelled with two G's at the end. So that's Groundhog Double G WP um, on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to reach out to me personally, my email address is info at groundhog.io, and you are more than welcome to reach out to me, ask any questions that you have. I make myself super accessible. Um, and uh, yeah, if you have any questions, feel free. Thanks so much to Adrian for joining me today. Uh, Like I said, it was a really fun conversation. I mean, we probably uh, covered uh, more ground than usual. He talked fast. I talked pretty fast. But I really liked our conversation around higher ed. I thought that was just super interesting. Um, I also love uh, that we get pretty technical 
in how he actually built his product and how they had to refactor it. So I thought that was uh, really, really cool. Um, and, and how he pulls inspiration from other places too. So uh, if you liked this episode, uh, I would appreciate if you subscribe to the show. Uh, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash subscribe to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much to our sponsors for this week. Those are Ahoy, Pantheon, and Cloudways. To learn more about them and get all of the links to everything we talked about, head over to howibuilt.it slash 137. And before we go, I want to tell you about a free workbook that I've put out uh, about how to launch your own podcast. Lots of people have been asking me how I've launched my podcast. So I put this free workbook together that'll help you make some decisions. It has some worksheets and checklists and things like that. You can download that again for free over at howibuilt.it slash liftoff. That is howibuilt.it slash liftoff. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something.